What a special day it is. Church, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to be reading today out of the book of Luke chapter 7. And this past month, we've been looking at different stories, different encounters with Jesus and seeing what God can do when we encounter Christ. And the Lord led me to this passage in Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. It says like this. It says, now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of the disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion. How many of you are thankful for God's compassion today? He is a compassionate God. Amen. And he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Someone say arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him back to his mother and he presented him back to his mother in the original wording it would say more like and he gifted him back or he gave him back to his mother I want to encourage somebody today for just a few moments on this word Jesus revives everyone say Jesus revives amen in Jesus name you may be seated in the presence of God Lord led me to this passage uh, this week and it encouraged me it's always encouraged me in our culture whenever you're driving along and you see a funeral procession uh the courteous thing to do, what we tend to do is uh, you pull over, right? And you allow that procession uh, out of respect to, to pass you. If you see a motorcade of uh, police officers or those that are uh, officially escorting um, the, the, the funeral, you, you, you tend to move out of the way and, and allow them to go by. Or you kind of stop what you're doing and, and you pay your respects from a distance. But according to Jewish tradition... If you intersected a funeral, you didn't just stop, uh, pay your respects, tip your hat, and allow them to move on. You were actually supposed to or obligated to join them in the procession. So if a funeral procession or parade was going through town, you had to stop what you're doing and follow along with uh, the grievers and the mourners. That was what uh, Jewish uh, custom would want you to do and in the scene before us we have an interesting thing taking place we have uh, a collision of two parties of of two groups of people two parades if you will one is of misery and the other is of joy Uh, one is going out with mourning one is coming in with celebration and the two could not be more further apart They were uh, coming from completely different experiences. Jesus, of course, with his crowd of people, are experiencing great joy and celebration over all that Christ had just done. And 
here on the other side, you have uh, a parade of mourners and grievers that are following uh, this, this poor widow who is about to uh, bury her son. And the only question is, what parade, what parade is going to follow whom? In the city of name, Jesus and his disciples find themselves uh, colliding with this group of mourners, this funeral procession, and, and grief is, is hanging in the air as this sorrowful mother, uh, this widow who accompanies the lifeless body of her only son. And this large crowd is around her. Everybody is despondent. Everybody is sad and, and is grieving. Uh, their, their faces are, are etched with gloom and with sadness. And, and Jesus approaches this, this group of people. He approaches this mother. And uh, just compassion comes over him. Compassion comes over him. His heart is moved with compassion as he sees uh, this, this mother. Obviously, he knows exactly uh, what is going on. He doesn't need to tell her. He doesn't need a briefing. He doesn't need a, the, the report. He doesn't need an autopsy. He can see that this mother is grieving, and him being God, having all the knowledge and all of the, uh, the wisdom, knows exactly the events that led to this moment. But what we see here about Christ is that he doesn't just come to uh, grieve with her. He doesn't come to uh, mourn or uh, put his arm. And, and if he had done that, that would have been a very nice thing for him to do, to put his arm around her and to maybe offer her a Kleenex and, you know, say, hey, everything's going to be all right and offer some hallmark type words of consolation. But he does much more than that. And, and, and he seems to be determined not just to join her in her grief and in her sadness, but to but to uh, encounter her in a way that would change her life forever. And this would bring us to the first intriguing fact about this miracle, which was the location of this miracle that took place at the city gates. And the first thing I want you to understand, everybody here today, and mothers especially, is that when Jesus revives, when Jesus revives, he meets you in transition. Some would say transition. He meets you in transition. In Bible times, city gates held special uh, social and political uh, and even legal, uh, legal significance. They, uh, they served as gathering places where uh, important matters were discussed. You can see this throughout scripture that gates were not just entry points. They were significant. They were important. Uh, uh, judgments were made at, at the gates of the city. This is where the elders of the, of the town would come and uh, discuss uh, the different uh, weighty matters that were occurring in their town. And, and it was also a place, a, a venue uh, for public announcements and proclamations. Uh, so gates were, were pivotal places. These were places where uh, 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 significant things would take place. But above all that, gates were... Uh, places of transition. They, they represent like a door, a place of transition from uh, one, a crossing from one a place to another. And, and they signify those in-between phases of life that will often determine 
our, our destiny. Gates signify a, a threshold. They signify a place of transition, of going from uh, one uh, phase or one uh, area to another. And I want that to be in your mind for just a moment because this is exactly where Jesus met this woman in the middle of her grieving, in the middle of her uh, mourning, in the middle of this tragedy, this nightmare that she is living through. He meets her at the gates. And I don't think it's by any coincidence that Jesus met her at this juncture. He could have, uh, in his divine providence, met her anywhere, but he met her at this place of transition. And I have come to realize, I've discovered oftentimes that, that God will meet us in our times of transition as we are transitioning from one phase of life from one season of life or one difficulty or even trial to another he meets us in these times and in these moments where uh, maybe on the outside they don't feel very opportune they don't feel like it's the ideal setting or it's the ideal condition I think that possibly uh, there were a lot of other places that this woman would have preferred to meet Jesus Maybe in the temple or, or, or maybe somewhere out on the pasture, but, but not in this gate. Not as she is uh, uh, transitioning from this uh, place of mourning. Uh, this was probably not the place where she wanted to, to meet him. It's like when you're in a hurry and you're trying to get some, Have you ever been trying to get somewhere and, and you're on your way or you're, going, you're heading out the door and, and you see somebody and they haven't seen you for a while, but you got to be somewhere like in five minutes and you know, oh boy, this is not going to be just a high and by came in somebody you know it's not am I the only one amen that this is not and I mean and you can't be rude you can't say I gotta go but you're just kind of like you, you want it because you're in transition right and, and you bumped into them as you're, you're like man if I had just missed them I, I would be in my car and on my way but I gotta sit here and, and, and hold court with them and entertain them for a few moments you're, you're in transition you're trying to get somewhere and this woman was trying to get somewhere even though it was a bad thing even though it was a difficult thing but these are the places that God will meet us. These are those junctures in our life. These are those turning points in our life. These are those defining moments where God will step in. And it's kind of difficult at times because your life is not altogether where you want it to be. Because you're in transition in your mind, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, maybe things haven't all been sorted out yet, emotionally or financially. And, and then you might say to yourself, you know what, maybe Maybe at a better time. Maybe, maybe I'll be ready for this miracle or for this uh, thing that God wants to do at a different point. But, but I'm still kind of figuring things out. And, and, you know, people say this all the time uh, when God wants to move in their life. They say, you know, I'm just not ready yet. And I, I just need to kind of get myself together. Sometimes people put off, uh, they put off salvation because, they know, you know, I need to get some things in order. No, you don't need to wait to get things in order before you come to Christ. God wants to take you just as you are and touch you right where you are. Amen, somebody. And she was in transition. And what I want to tell somebody, if you kind of feel like you're sort of in between two places or in between uh, uh, two seasons or in between two decisions, uh, I've come to tell you today that God wants to meet you right where you are and reassure you that everything is going to be all right. Come on and clap your hands and give God some praise today. 
He wants to meet you in those transitions. And, and this is the moment. This is the time. And you say, well, I don't know if I'm ready yet. I'm still not sure about my future. You know, I'm just going to wait for the dust to settle. Jesus, I know you want to do something in my life like right now, like right now, right now. But, you know, uh, let me go bury my son. Let me go take care of this. And then, you know, why don't we set up an appointment, you know, uh, sometime later. And we can kind of rehash all these things. But, you know, God's mind and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And his ways are so much greater than ours. Amen, somebody. And so sometimes when you come into contact with his spirit, you come into contact with his word. Even if you don't quite feel like everything is how you want it to be, you just got to go with the flow. And just say, all right, God, whatever it is you want to do, here I am. I came to tell somebody today, whether you realize it or not, hey, I know it's Mother's Day. And, and it's okay, even if it's Mother's Day or not, it doesn't matter. You have an appointment with God today. I Oh, hallelujah. I need somebody to help me today. Maybe you didn't circle this day on your calendar, but God circled this day on the calendar. And maybe you didn't think God was going to bless you today. And maybe you didn't think you'd get your miracle today. And maybe you didn't think you would get your victory today. But God had an appointment with you today. And you are not here. I wish I had a witness today. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You are here by the divine providence of God. And God wants to bless you. I wish somebody would magnify him. I wish somebody would say, yes, God, I want you to touch me today. Hallelujah. You have an appointment with God. And it's no coincidence he brought you here today. Amen, somebody. I don't believe there are coincidences in God. There are no accidents in God. Amen, somebody. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So maybe you came today thinking, you know, I don't want to, like, wrinkle my dress. And I don't want to, but, but, but what if it gets a little wrinkle, you know? I don't want to break a sweat. But, but would you break a sweat if God healed you? Would you break a, my God, would you break a sweat if God told you that, that he was about to do something in your life? Hey, I, I'm here to tell somebody, don't miss your moment. You say, but this is not the right time. I'm going to wait until, you know, till the right moment. I'm going to wait till the guest preacher comes. I'm going to wait till the next revival. I'm going to wait till the next conference. I'm going to wait till I get to the conventions and all the cameras are on and I could be the first one up to the altar. No, no, no. Forget about all of that stuff. It could be any old day. It might even be tomorrow morning on your way to work. It might even be on Tuesday afternoon. But I'm here to tell you that our God will interrupt us at the most inconvenient times of our life and say this is the day of salvation. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. This is the second thing that Jesus will do when he revives. When Jesus revives, he confronts your state of mind. He confronts your state of mind. The widow of Nain had a situation that seemed to be irreversible. Her only son was dead. What could be more permanent than death? They're on their way to bury him. This seemed like an irreversible, permanent decision or outcome in her life and Every attempt, to, I'm sure she did everything she could to try to save her son before he died. I don't know if she was a wealthy woman or not, but if she had any means, I, I'm sure she, she emptied her savings account trying to save her son. I, I think she would have done what any mother would do. Amen, moms. Amen. There's no mountain you won't climb. There's no ocean you won't cross for your children. Amen. 
We'll do it. I'm sure this mother did anything, everything. She, she exhausted all of her resources. And if there were doctors, and I'm sure she got more, she got a second opinion. I'm sure she did everything. She, I'm sure she even prayed and said, God save my son. And when he didn't, or when his, her son died, then maybe she just accepted that this is just his will. I did everything I could do. I don't know how to do it anymore. I've talked to my friends. They've, they've tried to help. And this is, seems to be it. This is everything, and so we can't, I, I can't blame her for being in the state of mind that she was in. She's on her way to bury her son, and, 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 and everyone is there, and you know, everyone's making a, a commotion in those days. Uh, uh, the mourners and the grievers would all come out from, uh, from among them and, and would start to grieve and mourn with uh, the mother. In fact, there were those that were even hired to do that. Imagine that being your job, huh? They were hired to do They actually got paid to go out there and just, and just sit around and, and cry. And, and mourn with the, the, with the, the grieving uh, uh, mother and, and the musicians would come out huh? and they would all start playing uh, and they would say, you know, give us the saddest song you've got. Uh, that's, they would play the saddest songs. Uh, no, a little sadder than that. Sounds a little too happy, you know. Uh, is this sadder? Yeah, that's really sad. They'll play the sad and everyone is there with their faces long and they're playing the saddest songs uh, and they're not eating. And it's just a this is crowd of just depression and negativity and somberness. And here comes Jesus with his smiles and, and his crowd. And they're happy and they're jubilant. And it, it was like, you know, just oil and water. It was light and darkness coming together. And this widow is surrounded by all of these people who, who are, are they're there. I guess they're there to make her feel better, but they're making her feel worse. Have you ever had somebody come and they thought they were giving you and they made you feel worse? Really? That's what you came to tell me? That's why you called? Come on now. Hallelujah. You're leaving the pastor hanging up here. Come on now. That's why you call. You ever some, I just wanted to call them and encourage you. And after you hang up, you said, I feel worse. I wish you hadn't called. <laughs> You know, I wish you had said nothing, you know, it would have been better, you know. And, and people in there, and, and I, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on them. Maybe they're doing the best they can, but sometimes as best they are trying to help, they just make things feel worse, make you feel worse. And they try to say, well, you know, they try to, they try to cheer you up, but you don't feel cheered up. They try to say, you know, it's all, it's all going to work out in the end. It's like, that's not helping me right now. And, and, and they say, well, you know, um, God, God knows. And, yeah, we know he knows. But that doesn't change how I'm feeling right now. And, and all these cliches and all these little, you know, postcard, Hallmark card sounding advice that they, I understand. When you're like, you've never been through it. How could you possibly say these things? And so all these people are doing is making her feel worse about her situation. She's surrounded by she's surrounded. You know what she's surrounded by? She's surrounded by a bunch of people who are enabling her to feel that way and feeding into her depression and feeding into her despondency and feeding into her gloom. And, 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 you know, again, I'm not here to throw shade on them, but the reality is that's all they're there to do. They're there, to, and, and we got to recognize that there are people in our life that they're not going to challenge us. They're just going to feed into your negativity. They're going to feed into your doubt. They're going to feed it. Oh, come on now. They're going to feed into whatever 
whatever low point you're in and just say, yeah, you know, it's bad. Yeah, man, it's just, just, this is just terrible, isn't it? It's just really bad. And, and, and if you don't like that person, say, yeah, well, I don't like them either. I knew there was something about that person. But, you know, they just make matters feel worse. And here comes Jesus. And Jesus approaches this woman. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth, he says, woman, do not weep. Oh, my goodness. Hello, somebody. And I think she may have looked at him and said, excuse uh, me, he? What do you mean do not weep? Cannot you see that my son is dead? I'm on my way to bed. I mean, come on now. Read the room. Everything is going down. And here you come and tell, do not weep. And there are times in our life where the word of God will come forth. And it will seem to contradict everything that you're going through. It will splash you with cold water and you'll say wait a minute that's not how I feel that's not what I'm Jesus have you looked at my bank account Jesus have you seen my doctor's report Jesus have you looked at my case file and Jesus says yeah I've seen all of that but do not weep because I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly hey I came to tell somebody do not weep Come on, somebody give God some praise today. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. She must have said, I, how, how can I stop weeping? How can I stop worrying when my, when my situation is ongoing? Now, it would be one thing for her or it would be one thing for Jesus to tell this woman, do not weep after he raised her from the dead. Huh? After he resurrected her son. Then it makes more sense to tell me, do not weep. You've given me a reason not to weep. But there are times that by faith, uh, a word will come to you and tell you to stop doing the thing that feels most natural to you. What do you mean don't be bitter? Did you see who offended me? What do you mean don't be upset? Do you see what I'm going through? What do you mean don't be worried? Do you see my bank account? Do you see that I just lost my job? Do you see that I'm, I'm about to lose my mind? Do you see? And yes, God sees all of that. But he also says, if you will just trust me at my word, you will see that I'm getting ready to bless you. I'm getting ready. Oh, hallelujah. He said, but I'm going through some things. I did not come here today. I'm not going to be long today. But I did not come here today to rub you on the back and say, oh, Padacita, just keep crying. Just keep, nobody understands. You're just, you have every reason to be upset. I did not come here today to save you, to give you my condolences. I did not come here today to say, oh, I'm praying for you. No, I came here today to say, do not weep. Oh, come on, somebody. I came to tell you that everything is going to be all right. Oh, we used to sing that song. I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling. Come on now. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, I, what feeling? I don't feel anything in my hands. I don't feel, but I got a faith. I got a feeling in my spirit that is there anybody here today that says I got a feeling. It's in my spirit. It's in my heart. Come on and give God a praise today. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right, sisters. I didn't come over here and say, could just let it out. Give her more Kleenex so she can let it all out. No. No, you got enough people in your life that are telling you those things. 
You've got enough people in your life that are, that are giving you reasons to be sad and, and heartbroken and, and angry at the world and angry at people and angry at, at this or that. And, and You've got enough people in your life that are saying it's okay to feel, to go with your feelings and feel like that. But no, Jesus came today to confront your state of mind and say, stop crying. Someone say, stop crying. Uh, come on, say it again. Say, stop crying. That's right. It's time to turn those beauty in for ashes, or for those ashes in for beauty. It's time to put on the oil of joy for mourning. Why? Because joy is here. Jesus is here. The Lord is here. Oh, I wish somebody know what I'm talking about. He is the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Don't weep another day. Don't spend another night crying yourself to sleep. Don't spend another day pushing the food away because you lost your appetite. Don't spend another day worrying about this and worrying about about that. No, I've come to wake you up out of that sadness, wake you up out of that fear, wake you up out of that anxiety and out of those panic attacks and tell you that God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Somebody shout amen. That's what I came to do. Hallelujah. Whew, my Lord. My, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Hey, hallelujah. I feel the, how many of you feel the Holy Ghost here? Eh? That's right, that's right. You mothers, stand tall today. Uh-huh. Don't listen to the lies of the devil, everyone telling you it's over, get on with your life. And, and no, no, I don't care. Well, it must be the will of God. How do I know it's the will of God? We're still on this earth. It's just the will of God that your son or your daughter is not going to serve the Lord. It's just the will of God that you're going to be hurt and broke. It's just the will of God. Just get on with your life. Just move on. No, I can't move on because I believe and I'm holding on to a promise. I believe in my spirit. And so, therefore, if you see me crying, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm not crying because I'm miserable. I'm crying because I'm excited. I'm crying because I've got joy in my heart that the world did not give and the the world did not take Oh, my God. I feel something in my heart today. Praise be to God. Verse number 14, this is what it tells us. Just give me five more minutes here. Verse 14 says, then he came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, because that's what God does. He starts talking to your, your impossibility. Whew. He starts talking to dead stuff. Mm. Oh, my God. Young man, I say to you, arise. Someone shout, arise. arise. Come on, one more time. Shout, arise. That's right. Jesus did not come to have a conversation with your problem. Jesus did not come to have a conversation with that devil that's been wreaking havoc. Jesus did not come to see, well, would you like to come up from that grave? No. Like we were singing just a little while ago, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. And he touched him right where he was. Reached over. And the last thing you'll see is that when Jesus revives, he transforms whatever he touches. When the fingers of Almighty God, begins to touch whatever it is that's dead in your life. Oh my God. Whatever it is that's lifeless, whatever it is that's not moving, whatever it is that seems hopeless and helpless. When the Son of God, when the Almighty Lord, when God in flesh steps into 
into your mess and steps into your world. He and steps into your heart and steps into your life and starts touching things. Oh, my Lord. I don't know about you, but I got some stuff in my life I need Jesus to touch. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I said, I don't know about you. I got some things in my life I need Jesus to touch. Oh, come on, a piano player. I got some things in my life that I've been touching for too long and everybody else has touched and the lawyers have touched and the doctors have touched and the, and the bankers have touched. But I don't need a touch of man. I need a touch of God. I need the arm of God. The Bible says, is his arm short that he cannot save? No, it's not the arm of God wants to reach into wherever you are today and touch that thing that is dead, that thing that's not moving, and say, young man, I say to you, arise. Come on, I want you worship the Lord for just a moment right now. Why don't you magnify him today? Come on, somebody begin to pray in this house. I feel faith rising up. I feel joy rising up. I feel victory rising up. Somebody shout amen. Yes, amen, amen, amen. I don't see it, but amen. I can't feel it yet, but amen. I don't know when it's coming, but amen. Oh, my God, I came to tell somebody when he touches it, it will transform. I don't care what condition it's in. I don't care how backslidden they are. I don't care what drug they're cooked on. I don't care about yashikara. I don't care what drug it is. Oh, it can be crack. It can be heroin. It can be uh, prescription drugs, fentanyl, and oxycontin. And it can be any one of those things. It can be antidepressants. Oh, it can be for their anxiety. It don't matter what they're... When God touches it, something has got to change. Oh, it can be on the verge of suicide. It can be on the verge of giving up. But when God touches it, my God, I don't care what kind of life they're living. I don't care how bad your bank account looks. You could have been rejected by every creditor. Every home, you say, they won't lend to me. You see my credit score? The devil is a liar. I've seen miracles. If they can happen in the operating room, they can happen in the bank room. Oh, my God, have you seen my past, Pastor? Have you seen the mistakes I've made? Yeah, but I see the hand of God in this house. And he says, if you let me touch it, I'll transform it. If you let me touch it, I'll turn it around. If you let me touch it, I'll do a miracle. I don't know if there's somebody that can stand up on your feet this afternoon and say, God, touch it. God, touch it, Lord. Touch that area of my life, God. Touch my mind if you've got to. Touch my family, Lord. Touch it. Come on. I feel the touch of God right now. I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the touch of the Lord right now. There is an anointing in his place. There is a glory in this house. And God said, I want to touch.
up your left and touch him. You gotta let him touch you. You gotta let him. You gotta let him. The Bible says that it was an open coffin. It was an open coffin. Some of you got open wounds and open sores and open prayers. And oh God, you gotta open it up. He won't touch it if you won't open it. He, oh my God, he won't just knock your door down. You gotta open it. You gotta open that coffin up. You gotta open up those private things. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You gotta open it up. You gotta open it up. You gotta open it up. I feel something happening right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, right there with your eyes closed. I feel something happening in the Holy Ghost.